Welcome to Work Disrupted, an Ontario Society of Occupational Therapists podcast. You're in the right place if you're someone that's interested in challenging what you thought you knew about workplace mental health. The COVID-19 pandemic has shown us on a societal level how disruption to any aspect of our life, including work, can impact our mental health. Our career or profession is so ingrained in our identity that disruptions can truly impact our mental health and well-being. This is causing organizations to strongly consider how to support employee mental health. My name is Chantel, and I'm an occupational therapist currently working within a hospital, supporting the health and wellness of those that work within my organization. And I'm Priya, an occupational therapist working for an insurance company who supports clients on long-term disability to return to work. In this series, we'll interview occupational therapists working in different roles within the area of workplace mental health. Our guests share the ways in which occupational therapy can assist us in getting back to thriving in the workplace. In this episode, our guest is Dr. Adina Weisenthal, an award-winning occupational therapist with over 20 years of experience. She will talk to us about return to work and cognitive work hardening. But first, we will hear a true experiences from a client and a disability manager. Welcome. My name is Janice and I'm 46 years old. I've struggled with mental health issues for most of my life and was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and obsessive compulsive disorder several years ago. A combination of therapy and medication has helped me manage my symptoms over the years. However, when I developed a serious and debilitating health issue beginning in the fall of 2018, my mental health started to deteriorate. I was having a very difficult time working while at the same time trying to manage my physical and mental health challenges. By the spring of 2019, one of my healthcare specialists recommended that I take some time off of work to recover. I received health benefits from my employer and went on long-term disability for about one year. Once I was physically feeling well enough to do so, I began walking a little bit every day to build up my physical strength again. And it didn't occur to me that I would benefit greatly from also strengthening my brain. It was the spring of 2020 when news of the COVID pandemic was just coming out and our region was heading into its first lockdown. This added greatly to my feelings of anxiety and depression. I was feeling a lot of guilt for being off of work and felt like I had let my team and manager down. I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to perform well at work because I was still experiencing issues with fatigue and was having difficulty concentrating and focusing. I was emotional and would cry for no reason at all. I felt overwhelmed just thinking about having to wake up and get dressed every morning. How was I going to handle all the stresses and pressures that come with a heavy workload and multiple changing priorities? How was I going to handle conflicts that are bound to come up in the workplace? I received a call from a representative from my insurance company who helps people make the transition from long-term disability to returning to work. She told me about a program called Cognitive Work Hardening. She explained that it was designed to help people rebuild their cognitive skills, such as problem solving, concentration and memory, after being on extended leave from work. She said that it would give me the opportunity to practice these skills in a structured manner with the support of an occupational therapist. 
rather than in a work setting where colleagues and superiors would witness my mistakes. I have to admit that I was feeling nervous about the program and I wasn't quite sure what to expect. The occupational therapist was warm, kind and compassionate from our very first meeting. She took the time to get to know me and find things that we had in common. And I felt a connection with her from the beginning. She checked in with me regularly to see how I was feeling physically and mentally. I felt very supported through the program. Working with an occupational therapist helped me with my return to work in three important ways. First of all, I was having difficulty with getting back into a routine. The thought of waking up early every morning, getting dressed and having to communicate with others felt overwhelming and daunting to me. The OT and I established a schedule that reflected my actual hours of work. This got me used to waking up, getting dressed, and being expected to meet and communicate with someone regularly. We started gradually, beginning with a couple of half days, and working our way up closer to full-time hours. Due to the lockdown, all of the work that we did together was done remotely which helped me prepare for the reality of how work was going to be performed throughout the pandemic. I was able to work out all of the kinks and glitches with her before returning to my job. Secondly, I was having trouble focusing, concentrating and remembering things. I couldn't help but feel that my brain had somehow turned to mush while I was away from work. The OT started me off with some relatively simple exercises that tested my ability to problem solve and concentrate. The exercises gradually increased in difficulty and complexity. This work helped me build my confidence and I realized that my brain was still working after all and I just needed some coaching and training to get back on track. It reminded me of when I was seeing a physical therapist to help me strengthen my muscles, the OT was helping me to strengthen my brain. Thirdly, She helped me build my self-confidence and become more assertive. This was quite an unexpected outcome of the program for me. As we moved past the generalized cognitive hardening exercises, she tailored the exercises to my specific job. At one point, she had me draft an email, and she noted that there was a lack of assertiveness in the way I was communicating. She was right, and... I was pleasantly surprised when she said that she could help me with that as well. And we spent a lot of time on exercises to help me become more confident and assertive. I use the skills that she has taught me every day, and it's significantly changed the way I work and live. Even my husband started commenting on what a difference the work that I was doing with her was having on my overall mental health. And now we'll hear from the disability insurer. I work in disability management with private insurance and deal with employees who are away from work due to a wide range of conditions, although predominantly for mental health issues. I've been working with an occupational therapist for the past 20 years or so. She has helped hundreds of our plan members return to employability and wellness through her cognitive work hardening program. As an occupational therapist, she has the skills to analyze a person's job and the cognitive abilities needed to meet the job requirements. 
She uses this information to design meaningful work tasks for the worker in her simulated work environment. The goal is to work towards increased function and employability, and her cognitive work hardening program provides a stepping stone to this destination. Through cognitive work hardening, the occupational therapist provides information about a worker's functioning, recommendations for job accommodations, restrictions, limitations, and other relevant information that would support return to work success. The cognitive work hardening program that this occupational therapist offers provides insight into a constellation of skills, abilities, and strengths within a work context, very importantly. This approach therefore differs from the more typical assessments and reports that identify skills that are siloed and typically reflect one dimension of function and doesn't give a true appreciation of how the worker will function in a true workplace environment. It is important to note that not all employees who enter a cognitive work hardening program that I've been referring to will successfully be able to return to competitive employment. However, the value of this assessment is the generation of a comprehensive report which outlines the true abilities and limitations of employees and can provide a good base for identifying suitable alternative occupations. It can also clearly demonstrate whether a person truly is not employable. If that is the case, that provides valuable information to the insurer upon which to make decisions about the claim and continued management. Through cognitive work hardening, clients can engage in relevant work that prepare them for employment. Through the process, their self-confidence and self-efficacy increase, which ultimately helps with return to work success. I have been very pleased with the outcomes from the cognitive work hardening process. That was an amazing story shared with us by individuals you worked closely with in the past. Before we ask you to tell us a little bit more about how you assisted and facilitated a return to work, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, I studied and trained in Montreal. I completed my undergraduate BSc degree uh, in OT at McGill University and completed all my training there. I launched my career in Montreal at the Jewish General Hospital in adult psychiatry, where I worked for several years. And then I worked at the Montreal Children's Hospital in child psychiatry. And after uh, these experiences, I decided to augment my training with a master's degree in education in counseling, also from McGill. Um, then I worked at a community organization as the sole OT on the team, helping to implement a home modification program for seniors. And it was geared to keeping seniors safe at home by identifying potential risks such as falls and addressing any home hazards uh, with modifications that would just make their environment safer and enable them to remain at home. And eventually I moved uh, to Ottawa in 1998. And it was uh, here in Ottawa that I had the opportunity to launch my cognitive work hardening program. And I've been doing that ever since. 
so Dina, you definitely have a plethora of experiences under your belt. And we understand that you've been offering a unique occupational therapy intervention called cognitive work hardening. How did you become involved with cognitive work hardening? Um, it started around 20 years ago after I moved to Ottawa. I was approached by an insurer, herself an occupational therapist, who asked me if I could help one of her plan members to return to work. He had been off work for depression and she believed that he needed um, help to get back to work. Knowing the skills of an occupational therapist plus my background in counseling, she thought that I had a really good uh, skill set. But beyond this one client who I did help uh, to return to work, this insurer was seeing more and more plan members who were off work on disability for mental health leaves. She knew of interventions to prepare people to return to work after a physical injury, for example, but she didn't feel that there were interventions or the right kinds of interventions to help people to return to work after a mental health condition such as depression. So it was her actually who saw a gap in the healthcare system, which she believed an occupational therapist was well matched to fill. So there I was basically being given an opportunity to, to help fill this, this void by creating a service or services for this targeted population. If we were to go back to the lived experience, that story that was shared with us at the beginning of the podcast, can you tell us more about this and, and how you developed the cognitive work hardening program? So I began researching return to work interventions within the OT field. And my reading 20 years ago um, just kept pointing more and more to, to work hardening. Um, and work hardening, as many of us know, is an evidence-based intervention. It goes back to the 1970s. And although it wasn't limited to a particular population, uh, classical work hardening, as I call it, was used primarily to prepare people to return to work after a physical injury or a musculoskeletal condition. So classical work hardening is a structured, customized intervention. It uses work as the main treatment modality to simulate a person's work tasks. And in so doing, it hardens, so to speak, the person and gets them physically ready to resume their physical job duties. So I was learning more and more about work hardening. And basically, I adapted the principles of classical work hardening, and I applied them to the mental health domain. So by the mental health domain, I mean both in terms of people off work for mental health disabilities, but also workers that were more in jobs that required cognitive ability. So more the knowledge workers as opposed to manual laborers, for example. So I also use work as my main treatment modality. And that is mainly in the work simulations that I create for my clients which target the, uh, either the kinds of work that they do. So I try to create similar tasks. If that's not possible, then at least I create simulations that target the cognitive abilities that people need for their job. So I design work simulations that really have meaning or relevance to a person's job. And that incorporate, as I said, the cognitive abilities that they need to meet job requirements such as concentration, looking at information and analyzing the information, synthesizing the information, problem solving. So from that point of view, in terms of the work simulations that's targeting the cognitive abilities of a person's job, 
But people returning to work after a depression also report on fatigue, lack of work stamina. So that's another big uh, focus in the work hardening program that I, that I offer. So through the, there's a work schedule, a gradual increase in hours. And through the work simulations, clients will increase their, their work stamina, their mental stamina, so that eventually they get to the point that they're ready to consider return to work. And usually the return to work is on a gradual return to work basis. So they continue at the workplace with a gradual increase in hours. But it's really through the cognitive work hardening program that people start seeing what their abilities are. And they start recognizing that they still have the abilities to return to work. And we work on, as I said, the gradual increase or rebuilding of their cognitive abilities and their mental stamina that they're going to need once back at the workplace. And Adina, you know, as occupational therapists, we're all about evidence-based practice and research. Um, So your cognitive work hardening program has been researched, right? Yes, it has. Um, So as I mentioned before, work hardening itself is an evidence-based intervention. And in terms of the cognitive work hardening program that I developed, I uh, studied it as part of my doctoral studies at Queen's University. And my research findings uh, found support for cognitive work hardening in return to work preparation. Um, So basically in my research, I administered uh, self-report measures at the start of a participant's cognitive work hardening program. And again, at the end, the the measures that I used covered three factors that have been found in the literature to relate to return to work outcomes. For example, work ability or, or perceived work ability, fatigue and depression symptoms. So looking at people's uh, participants' uh, questionnaire scores at the start of the program and at the end, uh, we found that there was a significant increase in participants' self-perceived workability, decrease in fatigue, and decrease in depression symptoms after completing the cognitive work hardening intervention. So that gave me uh, quantitative support for the program in in a pre and post research design. But I had also included a qualitative component in my research, which provided insight into participants' experiences with the intervention and allowed me to better understand from the participants' perspective what's going on in the program to help them return to work. And two main categories were examined. I looked at what were key intervention elements that participants highlighted that they felt were helpful, that contributed to helping them prepare for work. And what were the main gains that participants reported on that they felt they received through the intervention? So in terms of the key intervention elements, um, the main ones that came up were was the program structure, the customized work simulations, the fact that the work tasks had meaning or relevance to their job, the realism of the simulated work environment, because people were coming to my Uh, office, which was set up like a work environment. So it looked like an office, a typical office with desks and workstations. So people started to really feel that they were going, that they were at work. They also highlighted the support that they received in the program and education. And education included education on pacing techniques, education on workplace ergonomics, and um, education on coping skills. So things like more effective communication strategies, perhaps some assertiveness training, time management skills, how to handle workloads, many of the things that may have contributed 
to them being off work in the first place. And then I mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, we were also looking at um, the main treatment gains that people re uh, reported. So among the treatment gains, participants identified routine. So the routine of the, the structure of the program gave them a routine in, in their day. Many people who are off work on disability no longer have a routine. So through the participating in the program, they now had a routine that helped them in their day. As a result of the program, they, they gained some self-confidence, they gained mental stamina and uh, rebuilding of cognitive abilities that they needed to, to, uh, for their job. So all this collectively gave them a sense of personal agency empowerment, skill development. And I believe that's what, you know, that's what they identified as contributing to their improved sense of workability and a, a feeling that, yes, I can go back to work. I, I, I have the ability, I have what I need to get back to the competitive workplace. Can you tell us how you've been sharing your cognitive work hardening program? Um, I've been doing a lot of knowledge transfer because I do think it's so critical that uh, the information about the program gets out there and that more OTs are aware of it and that more clients can benefit from it. So I've published uh, several articles. I've certainly published uh, in terms of my doctoral studies, my, my findings. Um, so I've published in the Canadian Journal of Occupational Therapy, my, the results of my quantitative findings, and in the work journal are the, is an article on the qualitative findings of my research. I've also published in the BMC Journal on the program structure and the elements. And uh, prior, to, prior to that, I've published in the work journal, and actually my first article on cognitive work hardening was in 2004 in the OT Now magazine. And more recently, I published in the uh, an online uh, journal called Frontiers, which is open access. Anybody can um, access it. And it's a case study. So it does provide a very, I think, a very detailed way of, um, of providing the intervention through a case study and through the also through the eyes of the of the client who received the program, because there's a section in at the top that in which the client gives feedback on the program. So the case study is a very practical application. I've also given many talks at conferences. I've given workshops. I've been invited as a guest lecturer at different universities, Queen's University, University of Ottawa, Carleton. Um, and I've also started training uh, occupational therapists in cognitive work hardening. I trained a clinic in the States, a number of uh, occupational therapists who wanted to learn more about the intervention and how to deliver it. So that aspect, the training part of what I'm doing is now, you know, kind of kicking off. Uh, I created an awareness tool, which I call a window into cognitive recording, an awareness tool. That tool is actually in the uh, case study in the Frontiers magazine or, or journal. And I've also included it in a resource, resource web page that I created called CWH Connect or CWHConnect.com. And in that, it's a resource page for anybody interested in learning more about cognitive recording and, and with the intent of building a community of therapists who want to learn more and uh, become part of this larger community. So the awareness tool is on that website. And finally, I'm working on a manual. I'm writing a manual about cognitive work hardening, which I hope will become, you know, a Bible for many therapists 
which will give insight into the intervention and help people better understand it, the theoretical underpinnings and also the practical application of it. Thank you for sharing that, Adina, and we'll be sure to link all the resources that you mentioned in our show notes um, so that our listeners can go take a look at that awareness tool along with the other resources that you mentioned. Can you tell us a little bit about what your plan is in the future for cognitive work hardening? Uh, basically, uh, I, I really want to increase the awareness of cognitive work hardening as a return to work intervention offered by occupational therapists. That's my goal. Um, so my main focus is on training, as I said, to enable more occupational therapists to be trained in the intervention so that they can offer it to more and more clients. And ultimately, really what I'm hoping for is that cognitive work hardening will become a mainstream intervention. I really want more clients to benefit so that we can achieve enhanced treatment outcomes with regard to return to work success. I think we're on the path where, you know, there's, there's a trajectory for more OTs to be able to be trained and to uh, be able to offer it to their clients. And just like I said, help more people successfully return to work. What advice or words of wisdom do you have to impart on new OTs or OTs that are thinking about entering into this area of practice and disability management and return to work? I would say, I would start by saying that I think return to work is a growing area for occupational therapists to be involved in, especially with respect to mental health disability leaves. I think OTs are very well suited for this area. We're trained in task analysis, job analysis, so what we bring to the table is a keen understanding of job demands and work requirements, and this is critical for return to work intervention. We can tailor our interventions to each client. A cookie cutter approach is just not effective. Really, it needs to be customized for each individual and what their needs are. We're client-centered as OTs, which also positions us well for this type of work. And given the profession's grounding in work, and work principles and using work as a treatment modality, again, positions OTs in this role. Um, and again, really gives me the sense that we are exceptionally well-matched for this practice area. We're occupation-based, we focus on function. We consider the whole person within the context of work. We look at function, we look at gaps in functioning and what we do, regardless of what area we're working in, but especially I can say from my experience in this particular area, we really are trying to help narrow the gap between people's functioning currently and where they need to be in order to resume their work. Um, and as OTs, we really try to narrow the gap. We try to mitigate disability or barriers that people face. Um, to enable them to reach maximum functioning. And that's certainly the case in terms of return to work. On a personal note, uh, I just want to add that for myself, it's been extremely satisfying to help people get back to work, to see adults become more independent, and for them to resume a key role in their lives, that of the worker role. So many people feel so um, their self-esteem has really taken a hit when they're on disability and they're no longer working in their, their work role and seeing them being able to move from being in that more disability role to more of the worker role and feeling more confident that they can resume their work is extremely satisfying. So for me, I, I just think it's a fantastic area to be involved in and one that I think OTs, as I said, are really, really well matched to work in. 
thank, thank you, Adina, for sharing uh, those words of wisdom. I think it goes to show how central work is to our, to our identity. A running theme that we've noticed across many of uh, the speakers that we've interviewed is to really leverage our unique occupational therapy lens because we do bring a different perspective to the table. So thank you for touching on that. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with our audience today that we didn't cover? I think we covered a lot. I just want to say thank you for this opportunity. I love what I do. I feel very strongly and very passionate about cognitive work hardening. I hope that came through and I just wish that more uh, occupational therapists will, will take up the charge and learn more about this intervention and be able to provide it to their clients so that more people can be helped and succeed at work. So thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for listening to Work Disrupted, an Ontario Society of Occupational Therapists podcast. Work Disrupted is produced by OSOT's or OSOT's Workplace Mental Health Team with sound editing by Carlos Noblot. Don't forget to subscribe to Work Disrupted and leave a review. Make sure to follow OSOT on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn to stay in the know about all things OT in Ontario. Check out the episode description for these links and any resources we mentioned throughout this interview. Until next time, thank you for listening.